You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man, we're going to have to excuse Mike today. AK Mike is in transition to guess where? Uh, New Jersey? Texas. What? He is vacate. He has vacated the place, <laughs> the great northwest, and uh, is headed down your way. So we're excusing him on on this podcast. We're wishing him the best of luck as he unpacks his apartment, gets all of his uh, nice little toys out. Uh, but we uh, we give him a thumbs up. He'll be down in your neck of the woods. Actually, I think he's in Dallas. Phew. God, yeah, man. so he's not he's I not took everything I, I, I did just I had to move away from there, and, he, and now he's in Texas. What the heck? Uh, I know, right? I may have to get a restraining order. This is this is bad. <laughs> His fault. You know, it's your fault because you invited him down, and he spent the weekend with you, and he liked it so much he moved down. No, no not really. Actually, that. Mike uh, Mike got a transfer and uh, with his company, and they moved him to Dallas, and he uh, that's part of the reason he was down there, I think, uh, visiting you. Uh, he was in Dallas doing um, some searching for new places, and now he's officially uh, out of Alaska and uh, down in Texas. So he's unpacking, and and uh, we'll have him on the next podcast and ask him what he what he thinks about being in Texas because I think he's already <laughs> gone to a couple of uh, no. Uh, couple I, I can tell you when he was down here with me, he was pretty excited. Oh, uh, I, just I just from being somewhere, being able to go to the store a bunch of times, uh, you know, everything right. works right. that type of thing, uh, and also. I got to see the guy in, he wasn't wearing gloves, and he wasn't wearing a jacket. And also, Mike, at this time of the year, he's wearing, you know, he's wearing like their underwear all yeah. the time. Yeah. So he was actually wearing, you know, uh, a short sleeve shirt. So I was like, it was almost kind of like being with, um, you know, like seeing uh, this uh, somebody who, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like, I want to say exactly like somebody who uh, uh, wears a burqa, but it was kind of like that with Mike. You know, I got to see his arms, like from, oh, yeah. from the shoulders down. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, I've never seen yeah. you know, I've never seen your arms. I've never seen exactly. your short sleeve shirt." Right. I got to see his legs because he actually wore a pair of shorts, and I was like, <laughs> "You know, as long as I've known you, I've never, seen, I've never seen your legs." <laughs> so it was just, it was kind of a surreal experience to see him like that. But he was really, really happy. Other than he was running around like, I need. 50 or 60 or 70 percent, you know, SPA or whatever, whatever it is, uh, suntan right. lotion and right. rubbing it all over himself because we got out to the field when he was down here to fly with me. He was just like, well, it's kind of cloudy today, but, you know, this is when the UV rays get you. And I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> buddy, you know, <laughs> well, we're excited for him to make the transition. I know he's uh, excited for it as well. So we'll uh, we'll have him on and, and have him uh, give us a report on what it was like and, and what fields he's found out up there in the Dallas area. So. Uh, if you're in the Dallas area, look for uh, Alaska Mike. I, I guess we're going to continue to call him Alaska Mike. I can't call him Texas Mike. No, that's that'd be kind of that's weird. me anyway. I'm from Texas. <laughs> I moved away. Yeah, you're from Texas. So, Houston, yeah, so, yeah. Houston, yeah. Well, we're excited today. We have a special guest uh, coming on later in the show. Jim Burke is uh, the founder of um, RC Groups. Actually, I think RC Groups, Flying Giants, Knife Edge. Software. Yeah, he's got a couple of he's got a couple of notches in that. Yeah, part. he uh, he's been around a while. He uh, he is you know kind of responsible for getting our podcast going uh he and i i think i've told that story before he and i were sitting at uh, the u.s national aerobatic competition because he flies full-scale aerobatics and i fly full-scale aerobatic full-scale aerobatics and uh we were sitting in the car together talking and you about had RC to take stuff. him up on that dare didn't you and i did he <laughs> uh he said you need doing. to do a podcast i told him i was like ah, i don't know anything about it next thing you know we're we're in the podcast so uh thanks to jim but he'll uh he'll be on a little later he's uh coming in and uh that's exciting uh for us to uh to talk to him before we listen to him let's talk about your field you uh you had some uh some visitors out there right yeah sure thing i uh i hadn't heard from uh, my buddy jim uh in a long time and he was the one when i first got down here we were trying to i was trying to uh, find a field that was out at canyon lake right uh and he told me about how unfortunately that particular field got shut down and then he told me about the field in wimberley and then with some investigative work, I was able to track down the owner of the field, talk to him, and we got re got permission to fly there. And you know, we start, you know, we had a new field to fly at, but we had to mow it. 
I guess about a year ago, him and a couple of his buddies came out and they got the field mode. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to join them to help them mow the field, but uh, I came out the next day uh, after they got the field mode and we all got out there and we flew and it was really nice. And so then I expected that we, you know, I'd be seeing these guys all the time. And then it was like this vacuum. I didn't hear from him. I didn't hear from anybody. <laughs> Everybody like disappeared. Now, I mean, I was just like, oh, okay. I don't know what's going on. I'd, I drop them a couple of text messages on my phone about, oh, I want to say, you know, it got so hot in, in, you know, right after May, I guess it was in May that we mowed the field last year. Yeah. So about June, July, you know, it was record, you know, temperatures here in Alaska, Alaska, here in Texas, it was like a hundred and something degrees for like two months. And so me being from Alaska, I didn't venture out past the doorway. So there was no way I was going out flying during those months. So I figured he was flying, doing whatever. So after the hot period and I started going back out to the field, it finally grew up and got too high. So uh, shortly before you came down, I went out there and mowed the field and I uh, actually mowed it with a push mower. It took me, I don't know, two or three days to do it. And so while I was pushing, while I was doing that, I was sending him texts like, hey, man, I'm out here mowing the field. The field needs to be mowed. What, you know, what are you doing? What's up? I haven't heard (laughs) from you in a long time. Let's get together. Right. Well, later on, I found out that... um, Let's just say Jim kind of, you know, he doesn't have the latest uh, Apple phone. You know, he doesn't have the 10, (laughs) you know, or or he doesn't have the the latest Samsung, you know. Sure. He kind of still has a flip phone uh, in analog, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) getting photos and texts and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he can get texts, but, you know, to get the whole nine yards, he doesn't really get that stuff through his phone or check it. Or it was kind of funny. I just called him on a whim just to make sure the poor guy didn't die or something. And I called him up and he's like, Hey Jay, man, what's going on? I was listening to your last podcast. And I'm like, really? Oh, that's great. And he's like, uh, Hey, what's going on? I was like, I'm checking on you. What's going on? You, are we going to go flying anytime soon? And he's like, Oh yeah. You know, but unfortunately his wife was having some problems and that's oh, no. all his time last year. Yeah. It, it's okay. Now then I basically told him the field needed to be mowed again. And he's like, Oh great. Well, I'll call, call the guys and we'll get together. We'll get out there and mow the field. And sure enough, uh, they came out, uh, just last week, mowed the field. And now Jim's kind of re-energized. I think after taking care of his wife and not flying for so long, right. he's really gung ho about getting out and flying. And he's, he wants to get out and start doing, you know, weekly, daily type of thing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to have some buddies to go out there and to fly with. So. Yeah, that sounds great. You got the field it. all mowed. You actually lengthened it or widened it or something, right? Those guys went nuts. They, um, <laughs> well, they got a riding lawnmower. It's a little bit different when you have a riding lawnmower yeah, versus a push mower. You're passing out as you're pushing. I might as well have had a mule team a with a guy with a back on a on a, right. on a buggy, like with a scythe or whatever. Yeah, but anyway, no, they uh, they went out there and they widened it another ten feet on either side, and then they knocked out another. Uh, I want to say twenty five yards on either end, so it's fifty yards total. So now the field looks great. Right. We got a long runway. It's even wider. I don't know what's not to love about making a, a longer, bigger uh, runway. So yeah, it's nice. It's got a, a well, little bit more extra. I, I will tell you what's to love about that because I went out and flew with a couple of guys, and they let me take the sticks of their thirty-three percent airplanes. Oh. <laughs> oh, that make you a little nervous? Uh, yes, I climbed a couple of extra mistakes high. Oh, you weren't, you weren't doing a head level and, uh, no, no. Okay. No. uh -uh. Okay. So let me tell you this. I am not a gas guy. Honestly, for those of you listening, I, I grew up with electrics. I've never owned a gasser. I've never owned nitro. Uh, everything that I have owned from the day one. Um, I, I take that back way back a hundred years ago. I had one of those Cox things that just spin around and I think that was nitro, right? It was a yeah, little nitro. That's nitro. Thing. Yeah. So anyway, I had those way back when. But the rest of the time, we, we started with brushless motors and kind of went, you know, I got out of the hobby for a little bit and then got back in with the, with the motor thing because it was a little bit easier to do. So we've had electrics the whole time, park flyers. And, you know, the largest airplane I think I have is, you know, 60, 80, 81 inches or something like that. Anyway, so, yeah, the you know, cup. these guys come out there and Spencer and Barry and, and they're, you know, friends of mine and, and they fly. I fly at their club now. And so they're like, hey, we're going to go fly, invite Mike out and, you know, he can bring his airplanes and, and then we'll, we'll put you on the sticks out here. So 
First things first, they both have turbans, which is very dangerous for me to have those two guys flying <laughs> turbans. They're they're constantly knocking on my door, going, "You need to buy a turban. You need to buy a turban." And I'm like, "No, no, no." Well, then they've got these. Just say 30, no, right? I know, right? <laughs> it's very Nancy difficult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Barry has a Yak 54. He's trying to sell, and so in order to sell it, he says, "Hey, Mike, come over here and uh, you know jump on the sticks and see how this thing flies." And I'm like, man, I can't afford this airplane. You know, I, I, I don't want anything to happen to it. Oh, nothing's going to happen to it. You know, famous last words. He gets it up there, trims it all out, and he just basically hands me the controller and says, here you go. Well, two good things. Number one, it's the uh, DX20. So I got to try that DX20 out. That was kind of mm-hmm. nifty. Of course, I wasn't really paying too much attention to the, <laughs> to the controller. Right, at, oh, I'm like, got crane in my what, neck. Look at the shiny buttons. I know, right? <laughs> As you're so, at the plane exactly. with grip on it. And so I, uh, I I took the controls, and I basically was just kind of flying around in circles. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. And he's like, uh, well, ring it out. You know, I mean, I, he goes, I, you know, give it a try. Have some fun. And then he walks away. <laughs> I was like, uh, what happens if something goes wrong? Who do I throw the controller to? You know, I mean, it's like all me. So I uh, I, I tried to climb and turn and slowed it down to see what it kind of uh, felt like. What I will tell you, for those of you that have flown gas, you probably know this. I did not. But number one, you hear the sound after whatever you did already happens. There's a little bit of a delay when you go full throttle you don't hear the full throttle like you do on electric because right. electric's much closer to you. This, this airplane was way up, you know, like nosebleed section. And I started flying it around and it was really amazing. This thing turns on a dime. It rolls on a dime. Uh, it does amazing things. Uh, it, it reacts very similar to a, a, a full scale airplane in, in, you know, a third of the size. But I was really impressed with uh, the rolls and being able to stop the rolls. I was really impressed with the vertical. I hovered it, um, you know, kind of walked it around in a hover. I did a couple of torque rolls. I did a tail slide. It snaps unbelievably. I did a snap roll, and the thing was just crazy. Uh, It just went around. You know, the yak is kind of a big, fat thing, and it just, you know, kind of spun around, and the, the the airplane tumbled really well. I mean, I was really shocked at how this big airplane reacted. It was very uh, stable. And uh, so anyway, it was pretty pretty fun to fly. And I got done with that. And Spencer has a 33% slick 540 from Extreme <laughs> Flight and goes, well, here, fly this one, you know. And so, <laughs> fly this one. So, so next thing I know, I walk over to him and, and I pick his airplane up and I fly it around. And it, it, it was it was the same thing. It's incredibly fast. It's got huge power to it. Big control surfaces. I was really, really impressed. And the only thing I wasn't able to do with it is land it. I really didn't trust myself. And I know Spencer's airplane has a little bit of a, it's got a sweet spot. You have to put it right into the sweet spot or you get some pilot-induced oscillations because it's so big. Uh, or you just crank it onto the ground. And when it stops flying, it'll just fall flat. So I uh, gave it back to him, let him land it. Um, and then uh, I let Barry land the, the big yak. But they were both, you know, hey, okay, so you're going to buy this yak? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the sales pitch, but it ain't going to happen. Uh, so then they went back. They were dangling both... that bait right in front oh, of you. Oh, yeah. Nibble, yeah, they nibble, were. I mean, nibble, and you nibble, know what? Nibble. Trust me, it was a fun, fun time to fly. But I will tell you that uh, they really put on a show because when we got done with the big 33 percenters, they both have these Comp R uh, Ultra Flashes. They're super, super nice airplanes. They're, they look fast going. I mean, they look fast just sitting still. You know, okay, and Ultra Flash is the name of the plane. That is correct. It's CompArf is the name of the manufacturer, and they're all composite. That's the CompArf, which is composite ARF, almost ready to fly. And uh, they're very expensive models, but they uh, they both have them uh, exactly the same model, but they're painted differently. One's in a Swiss color, and the other one's in like a Navy scheme. So anyway, they both taxi out, did a formation takeoff, and, and flew to formation for me. It was amazing. I was having a hoot out there, man. I was like, wow, man, this is awesome. I was trying to get video, and and a couple of them. I, I think I have a picture. I'll I'll uh, I'll post it up there. But it, it was pretty amazing. Barry has smoke on his, so he's you know smoking everybody and and coming down there. And they're incredibly fast airplanes. They're probably two hundred and thirty, two hundred forty mile an hour airplanes. But they were amazing coming in, and uh, we had a good time. I did take my A ten. I know you don't. I know you said I said I didn't want to mention it, but I did take my A ten to the field, and uh, the wind kind of caught me, and I I did 
kind of doinked the nose and I got a oh, no. on the nose. <laughs> so, so the last time I had it, you know, Spencer doinked the nose gear and now I doinked the nose gear as well. So now I got a new nose gear coming and I have to do a little repair on the foam, but uh, it survived and it was a very tough airplane. If you are not familiar with motion RC airplanes, definitely go to motionrc.com and uh, check one out. Cause they, uh, they make a, a really, really good, uh, really strong foam. And, uh, I wound up cartwheeling mine, so it, yeah, it didn't do it. It, it went. I, I set it onto the runway. It bounced and then went off the runway. And when it went off the runway, the wingtip caught the the dirt and it just cartwheeled itself around. So it kind of ripped some of the nose. And um, I've already done most of the repair. I just have to wait for new nose gear because it bent the shaft on it. But uh, anyway, so uh, we had a great time. It was a uh, fantastic. Well, except for that. <laughs> what's that eh, you know it, it's i it could have been much worse i i mean i could have exploded the thing and uh if it would have totally exploded i would have been really really upset but it didn't explode that's the good news it just did a little it got a little bit of a hanger rash because it you know the cartwheel everybody was like oh but i think the biggest thing that uh you know happened was it ejected the canopy and broke one of the um uh, the rods, the control rod has a little circle on the end of it to fall over a ball link and it right. broke, it broke where the ball link was. Oh. So that was it. So uh new nose gear and little ball link thing. And I'm back in the air. So, so is for the wind at your particular field then is it, is it like, I know when I was back up in Alaska, the field we flew at during the summertime during certain times of the day, you know, the wind would definitely, we'd get across, we'd get a crosswind or we'd get a weird effect where the yes. bubble was coming off the trees. Do you have the same thing at that, this field at, at between 11 and 2, the wind, you know, usually switches direction? Or was it just like a thermal came through and just happened to funnel through that certain area? Um, you know, I've been out there a couple of different times. I'm not really sure. But this particular day, we did have, uh, you know, there's, um, there's like, t- I don't know what you call them, T-shades. It's a little... It's not really a building, but it's a covering, you know, where you can stand under and it's got tables and stuff. So it's an awning. That's what. Right, but well, there's an awning that that literally sits right behind the pilot stations. And I think there's five pilot stations out there. Well, the runway extends past this pilot station on the left and past it on the right. And so when you come in there, it's almost a eight or 900 foot runway. As you come in to land, you know, these guys are flying big jets. So they, they get lined up way out there. And then when they come across you you don't have anything next to the runway and then right as you get to the first pilot station you actually have this building area behind you and the wind changes from down the runway in the morning till to almost a 90 degree crosswind coming through the building and the building is just basically an awning but it does burble uh around and several of us including Spencer uh, put a little scratch mark on his uh, ultra flash when he flew it because uh, he came in, and right as right as you got where the building and the um, where the runway kind of intersects the building, you know, a, a beam it, then you get this little burble where the airplane just kind of starts to do some crazy stuff. Well, and, I, I could see that because you know, with the way the awnings is set up, you know, not the awning itself would cause the burble; it's the right. stuff that's underneath it. Because Correct. The tables, tables all underneath the, it. There's right. a wall that goes. Right. right. There's a small wall that's about two feet or whatever that goes the length of that. that yeah structure so the wind's blowing through there getting kind of compressed and then it's going rolling over the table rolling over the wall getting forced between the ground and the awning you know that because it's all metal yeah. and then shooting out right like you said right in the middle of the field and, and it did happen it happened to me and uh I, of course i was the worst i got the worst of it the other two guys pretty much saved the airplanes I thought for a minute Spencer was going to lose that comp arf, man, but he pulled it Ooh, out the last second. Expensive. It went off the side of the runway, too, but he saved it. And it's got real big, you know, beefy gear on it, too. And he just kind of it just kind of rolled off it down into the desert. But uh, and then the other guy flying with us, um, he um, he had basically the uh, Tony, I think it's his name. He he had another motion RC, the big twin. Um, I can't remember what the name of that airplane is, but it's a big twin uh, prop deal and he came in oh, right the, at the same uh, spot I don't know you're talking about. uh it's not it's not a bear cat or a fire cat or something like that but tiger, anyway tiger, he uh tiger, tiger cat tiger, yeah it's i think tiger it's tiger cat, cat. anyway it's, it's a nice beautiful airplane i mean I, I was amazed at this airplane it was crazy looking but he uh he came in for a landing and right at the same spot about the same time that we were getting done he came in he was like wow that was really interesting and he and i are both full scale you know airline guys so we uh, well actually all of us were all four of us flying that day were 
we're all full full scale airline uh, pilots. So it's not like we are not familiar with how to land an airplane. Uh, and we've all flown RC. We all Was have there a lot of airplanes. talking like this. <laughs> no, we weren't doing the little hand uh, chasing each other, but it was it was still pretty exciting. Uh, we just learned to kind of come down uh, and land a little further down the runway. But uh, it was a good time. We um, you know had a good day. Went to lunch afterwards. So it, it was all in all, it was a really really good day. We had a, a lot of fun. So nice man. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I, I really was impressed with those thirty three percenters. Um, it was amazing. It was really now amazing. that those were like the first, you know, glow gas in those were the first glow glass, uh, glow gas planes you've flown before. Or did you, um, you got to fly before? I, I yeah, I have to say yes and no. Um, a couple of weeks back when I was at the field, uh, one of the other guys at the field asked me if I would come, you know, he, he said, Hey, you should come fly this airplane. And he let me fly his. But I was really nervous. I mean, my heart was pounding. I his airplane was super nice, brand spanking new. I mean, he literally had just got it the the week prior, <laughs> and, and he hands me the sticks like I'm like, oh, what the heck am I gonna do, you know? But I just flew it around. You know, I didn't do anything crazy with it. So I mean, I got a little bit of time on the sticks, but it wasn't very much. I mean, I had to go and. I was literally walking away, and he's like, "Oh no, no, wait, fly this thing." So I, I took the sticks, I did a roll, a loop, I kind of knife edged it, it fell out, and then I was like, "Okay, that's thank you very much," and I handed it to him. But this was the first time that I actually got, you know, he took off and he handed it to me. So I flew it for more than just, you know, one time right. around the pattern kind of thing. I didn't do any touch and goes. I, I didn't really come down. I, I did come down to probably the height, uh, probably two or three airplane you know, sizes. Most of it was just flying left and right. I, I didn't do any hovering maneuvers or anything, but I right. did come down the runway uh, probably about 20 feet high and uh, did a nice four-point roll, you know, flew it upside down, did it a push out up. But then most of the tumbles and most of the spins and uh, snap rolls and stuff, I did go in vertical. So I, I didn't I didn't do anything towards the ground. I take that back. I snap rolled it coming on a down line. So it was pretty impressive. Yeah, um, for for the uh, for the the planes that I've flown, like uh, for the gas planes that I've flown, that I found not difficulty, but the biggest oddity to me was landing. Because yes. since the engine doesn't shut off, right, and it's idling. Bu- 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 bu, right. Um, the one plane that I flew, the idle was enough to keep it aloft, and so I came so, and lined it up, had a perfect approach, got down, and then it just cruised right down the runway, and I'm like. This thing won't. How, how you? How do you? How do you get it down? Do you hit the kill switch? No, no, don't do that. <laughs> well, so these guys, I asked them about that because I was watching them too, and they actually do have a switch on their radio that goes from a low idle to. I mean, from a high idle to a low idle. Okay, he, this guy they, did not. Yeah, did their not. their airplanes are big enough that they said, "Yeah, we can't. We have a low idle and a high idle, and the low idle we use for landing. So when they come in, uh, they're literally at low idle. But the airplane okay. is big enough that it does have." you know, some drag to it. And if you pull the power to idle, that big 24 inch prop out there that's Starts spinning around, gotcha. you know, it does slow it down because they're big props. And I was like, wow. So it's not like an electric where the prop just kind of windmills and drags it. It does mm-hmm. produce a little bit of thrust, but, uh, but they do have switches on it that do high and low idle. So oh, okay. that was news for me. I, you know, I, I'm excited at one point, maybe these guys will kind of figure it out that I'm not too bad <laughs> pilot and, and try to give it a land or two because it'd be interesting to land a, a gas airplane um i didn't want to do it with a 90 degree crosswind because i just didn't want anything to happen but they do have early mornings you know it's usually blowing right down the runway so i'm not too worried about it huh. okay yeah cool, it's kind of nifty so well uh it looks like jim just walked in and uh i think we might uh we might be able to get him on the podcast so uh let's get him hooked up and uh All right. talk well, to jim burke uh, get his gear on and uh Let's let's get let's get a listen. Yeah, excellent. How's it going, Jim? It's good. Good to be here. It's uh, awesome to have you here. And uh, what uh, what brings you to the area? Well, I took a trip with my family to Sedona. We have uh, a new airplane in the family, and decided to take a inaugural trip with it. Went down to Sedona to do some hiking, and went to the Grand Canyon. And then uh, somewhere during all the hikes, we lost the keys to the airplane. <laughs> so we decided to stay in the area a little bit longer until the new keys could arrive. And uh, that's that's what brought me here. So Excellent. Here yeah. So here he is. And uh, he was nice enough to kind of swing by and, and stop and, and talk to us. So, And for those of you that don't know, Jim uh, actually is the reason that we have the Park Fire Podcast. I was going to say, isn't this the guy that talked us into doing this thing? 
<laughs> it is the guy that talked us into doing that. Jim and I were sitting down at the U.S. Nationals, and we were sitting in the car watching everybody fly, and uh, I told him a funny story about RC stuff, and he goes, you should do a podcast. Because you have a lot to say. I do. Interesting. <laughs> so, well, that's, mean that that's a fact. Interesting stuff. <laughs> so, yes, because I'm a talker, so I, I, I don't think Jim couldn't wait to get me out of his yeah, car. I was going to say, it wasn't necessarily about things that you wanted to hear about, right, Jim? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So... Well, no, Jim has a background in, uh, you know, in RC world as well. And uh, you were the original, did you, did you start RC groups? Yeah, I sure okay. did. Yeah, I started as the E-Zone in 1996. And uh, then it became eventually the R, you know, RC groups. And we acquired a bunch of companies. And uh, that's the company I just sold last summer. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Jay and I have uh, been RC users for quite some time, yeah. RC groups. We've got... Uh, yeah. A lot of good information off of that place, and it was an awesome place. Me too. I used it, I, you know, for 20 years. I used it every day and enjoyed it every day, and uh, you know, a little hard to to let go of it. But it's been really rewarding and fun to see it uh, take on its own, you know, new life without me. And everyone's sure. doing a great job over there. They're doing a, a wonderful job with the site. So I still check in and enjoy it. Good as a user that's now. Awesome. And then uh, that brought you. Uh, you have RC Giants too, right? That was oh, that's one? Flying Giants. Or Flying yeah, Giants. Flying Giants is one of the websites that we acquired. And um, and then a, a number of other sites over the years, all of which I sold off at once. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but you, and then your big, your big baby is uh, Knife Edge Software. Right? Yeah, and then Knife Edge Software is also a business I acquired. I, I um, it was started in 1996, same time as RC Groups, but by a different, you know, different person, a friend. And um, over the course of some time, decided to help him out with his business, and then eventually bought it from him. And now I own that company. It's, I've owned it for quite a while now. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you, uh, let's see, you guys are up to eight, right? You're, are... We just released Real Flight Eight last summer, and uh, it maybe is a little confusing. But uh, prior to that, we released RFX, which people sometimes will think of as RF10, but it's not. It's RFX. It's a different um, lineage of the product. So we went from, uh, uh, you know, when I first played with it, like everybody else, it was when it was just Real Flight. Then it went to G2 for Generation Two, then G3 for Generation Three. Eventually, we dropped the G, mm-hmm. and it's became. You know, now Real Flight 8. Uh, but then in the middle of that, a couple of years ago, we decided that we should give it a new shot with a new game engine. We made RFX, which is for high-end computers, but has a lot better visuals than the than RF8 in that line of product. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, uh, I don't own it, but I've played with it for a while, and uh-huh. it's, it's actually really kind of fun. Yeah. So. And that took you into a different direction too, right? Because now you have a new software that's out. I do. We've been working for a while now on a new product. It's called AcroFS, which is not RC-related, but it's really interesting to me because, as you know, I fly in, uh, with you sometimes mm-hmm. right. in, uh, in aerobatic competitions and what we call full-scale, right. you know, what RC guys call full-scale <laughs> aircraft, and most people call it air, <laughs> aircraft. Aircraft, right. But um, in full-scale aircraft, we fly aerobatic competitions, and I'm, I'm flying um, at the highest level of that in the on the Unlimited team um, and flying at the Nationals. And... Um, at the worlds, and I've gained a lot of ex- experience with aerobatic flight. And I've always been bothered since I was a kid with how um, aerobatic aircraft are represented in flight sims. It's always been an issue for me. I enjoyed them all the same because it was fun, but I never did find an, a flight sim that I thought really captured what it's like to fly aerobatics. And as I've gotten more and more into it, I realize how wrong these flight sims are. And that's right. bothered me a lot. And you know, the, the technology we developed for real flight it really lends itself well for full-scale aerobatic flight because um, when you're flying a, a model airplane, as you know, there's a lot of airflow over the tail and you can just do so much with it, so much extra airflow. And nowadays with um, with real airplanes, we've kind of gotten to where uh, we're approaching what you can do with an RC plane. It's not there, but we're getting to where some of the, the dynamics that are created by uh, or you know used by RC pilots are available to a real airplane pilot. So it's uh it's exciting, and uh, what we're doing is we're taking that technology we developed for real flight, and we're applying it to full scale aerobatic airplanes. We've created a product called AcroFS that lets you fly my extra 330 SC. It's a really truly top of the line aerobatic airplane. You can't get anything better than that, and especially mine because it's it's been uh, specially modified to to do everything I need to do for all the freestyle competition and right. my air shows. So we've taken that airplane, we've used all the technology from Real Flight, made a flight simulator around it, and we let people fly it at the the airport in Borrego, which I know you've been to. I have. To I actually got yeah. to test flight at the first uh, go-around, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, it's a very popular spot for competition pilots, so um, it seemed like a really great place to, to start with the sim. So right now, we're literally a day or two days maybe away from releasing it on the Steam store. And uh, the intent, though, we're, we're kind of talking about right now, the intent is to release it for free. And then eventually offer more um, content uh, on a paid basis. So you can right. get it, download it, and try it out. 
we have a, actually, as we're talking right now, we have a little bit of debate over what, the right way to do it on Steam because we're not sure we can give it for free and then charge later. We have to charge something at some point. So we're talking about that right now. But the intent right now, anyway, is that today, tomorrow, something like that, people can go and download it and hopefully for free if we can get that worked out. And the idea is just to get get out there and let people try it and give us feedback. We don't know if this is commercially viable or not. We've, we haven't right. done this. No one's really tried to make one that's realistic. But uh, it sure is neat. It is a lot of fun. I think it's something people will like. So I'm excited about getting it out there and to, to give it a shot. Well, I, I, I was at Borrego, actually, when they, he brought his team out, and I put the VR goggles on, and it was amazing. I could not Pretty believe neat. it. You can move your head around, see around the airplane. It's it's definitely better than just the two-dimensional on the computer. It really is. I, I, we've had other head-tracking-type systems before, but the VR devices now that are out there, and and so many people have bought them. They're ready for the, for the software, right. you know. They really just up the ante. You put that headset on. Like you said, you can move all around the cockpit and all the perspective changes. You can look around. You can move the stick, and you can watch the ailerons move. And, you know, you really feel like you're there. Now, obviously, you don't get the, the physical forces on your body, but that's probably for the best. Yeah. You know, for most people, that's not, that's not really appealing. But, but other than that, you get all the sensory, you know, information. Right. I right. took it to ICAST, which is the air show right. conference. I don't know if you've been to that, but um, it's a conference that, you know, all the air show pilots go to to get bookings and everything. And I let everybody try it. I let, um, you know, name drop it, Sean Tucker and Rob Holland and Mike Goulian and Kirby Chambliss and everybody I, I could, I, that I know from the air show business, I asked them to stop by and give it a shot. And the, the reviews were just thumbs up all over, over the place. So what we'd love to do is make a product where we can represent those people, get their airplanes in there and, and uh, their likenesses in there. And that's kind of the dream of what we're trying to do here. And, and I, I, you know, there's a lot of um, air show uh, spectators. Maybe there's a lot of airshow spectators that would like a product like this. We'll find out. Uh, I I I can't believe how you know just in the world itself of software development that you used to have. I mean, when Jay and I were in college, we had how many simulators? And we that's all we did was yeah. fly RC. Two or three RC, sims we played we, all the time. Yeah, we flew all these uh, you know Falcon Four and all this stuff, and those companies just you know gone by the wayside. You can mm-hmm. to find a, a flying simulator is very difficult nowadays. It is, and it's so funny because that used to be the big demo, the yeah. technology demo for right. a, a computing system was uh, was flight sims. And I think it's just, um, you know, uh, people people want to do, they, they, they enjoy flight sims, but uh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's happened is as, as games have gotten more mainstream and there's so much money to be made, people have lost sight of how there can be good money to be made in a niche product that's that's also challenging. It may not be the same kind of money, mm-hmm. but um, but there's a lot of good reason to give people realism in a flight sim, there's I've, I've even downloaded some and played with some, like aerobatic uh, or combat flight sims. They really don't use airplane controls at all. You have a game pad and right. you're, you're like telling it to go left and it kind of goes left and you double, you know, double tap right to make it roll right, right, right. to do a barrel roll. You know, <laughs> that's not how airplanes work. And I know it's hard to have somebody sit down and fly an airplane, but I promise you that if you give them a, a sandbox environment where they're flying an airplane like mine. And you're okay with them crashing, and they're psychologically okay with crashing. Right. They will eventually learn how to fly an airplane, and that will pay off if they ever try and fly a real one. So, I learned. I feel like I learned a lot about uh, flying unlimited aerobatics, even from flying real flights. So many years while we were developing it. So I, I think it's uh, it's a valuable tool. I'm also excited about it for contest guys like you and I. Mm-hmm. Though there's no market in this at all, but it's interesting to like you know. We have to do our um, sequences. We have to practice these sequences over and over to fly right. the contest. Well, one right. of them is the unknown. So the unknown sequence is when you get the night before the contest, right? And right. You, have to, you have to look at it, but you can't practice it. Well, I can right. get the VR goggles on you know, <laughs> and fly around. And I know everything that's going to come up. I know where I'm, what I'm supposed to be looking at when I'm right. in the airplane. Right. It's kind of cheating, but there's no rule against it. So <laughs> right. you know, maybe some right. of this, a little bit of this is because I think it'd be fun to have that, that edge on people sure. here. Well, Jim, that that was one of the questions that I had with uh, with your software. I was just thinking for guys who were competing, that that was something they could use to prep, like you like you were just saying for for the competition. Yeah. Look at different fields that they're going to be looking for, looking for uh, their points. I mean, uh, on the ground. Um, yeah, I could just see you envisioning as you're building your sequences that it's laid out as you're flying. It's showing your path as you're flying through the air as a as a track. And then you're just, yeah. as you're putting your stuff together, it's like building, um, I'm trying to think of that uh, railroad tycoon, and you, you can put all the different sequences together, and then you can look at it three-dimensionally, ro- rotate it all the way around, look at stuff, right. then jump in. Then you're looking around 3D, and, you're, and you can see just what everything should look like if you're doing the, the maneuver perfectly, or like you should. Yeah, for sure. You know, RC guys, we sort of have, have an advantage when we jump into full-scale competition 
uh, the few of us who do, I think we have an advantage because we're so used to watching the airplane from the judge's perspective. Right. We really know what it looks like. And, and if you're an accomplished RCer, you can kind of take a back seat in a way, even when you're flying and kind of watch the airplane and kind of enjoy it. You're putting on an air show for yourself. You're not like uh, your muscles aren't all tense. And you're, right. you know, after you've done it for a long time, you can kind of just watch it do its thing. And you can really visualize everything. And I still think of all of my flights from that position, the judge's position. What the sim lets us do now is get inside there and also notice what we're going to, like at the top of my head, we're pointing at that control tower at this part of the sequence. And I can visualize all that. And then when I go do it in real life, I can look around the cockpit and see what I just saw on the ground. So that technology is, is there to get you acclimated. Muscle memory. Yeah. It, it, we've added even more technology. We've added an instru- instrumentation to the aircraft, which we hadn't talked about yet. But right. um, I worked with a guy um, uh, named Andrew Angelotti, who's, um who has a company called Spin Garage. He makes a product called BoxDAC, and I think we're the, the very first or one of the very first uh, customers outside of maybe some you know research uh, people who've uh, applied this. And uh, it has a box and uh, a bunch of sensors you can put on your airplane. I have this on my plane. I've had it for the, this whole flying season so far. It records everything about my airplane, all the um, control inputs, the throttle position, the orientation, the position, all those things. So I can now fly my airplane, do whatever I want with it, whatever 3D maneuvers I want to do, whatever I, I want to do for freestyle or aerobatics. And I can put it into my simulation, and I can play it back. So we can watch that flight from any vantage point we want, from the judge's position, from my position as a pilot. I can review my mistakes. I can also compare that that snap roll went really well. And, you know, snap rolls are one of the hardest things to do consistently. Right. And in Unlimited, we have inside and outside snap rolls, all these combinations. So I can watch that and see, oh, that one's good and that one's not good. These five are good. These six are not very good. What's the difference in the timing between the elevator and the rudder input between these versus these? Is there anything I can notice? And not only that, I can put another pilot in the airplane. I put Rob Holland in the airplane, who's a seven-time national champion, yeah, I think, something crazy right. like that. You know, uh, it's, it's insane. And I can put him in the airplane and, and have him fly a sequence or fly some of his freestyle figures, and I can now go and look and see, well, how, what, what's the, the magic? Mm-hmm. Because timing is so important. It's so hard to communicate from one pilot to another that this is the timing you want, and it's going to feel like this, the forces are this way. But you watch it to the sim, and you get some information that's really useful. And then the, the, the next thing about that that's really neat is we can now – play that back and we can have our simulation technology the, the physics system can predict ongoing so if um if we're giving it all the position information and all the orientation information and all the control inputs in a given moment we can say well what where will the aircraft be three seconds from now given what happens next and then we can see how close is that to what really happened we can run through that and we can we can work on getting the distance you know the 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 accuracy we can maybe we start with it's only like a, an accurate, accurate for a second Maybe we can get the accuracy out to four or five seconds. Big difference in how it's going to feel. It's going to feel more realistic. Right. So that's just how we use that that bit of technology, and it just shows you how I mean how far things are coming and how people <sighs> that is know, amazing. My business think about this stuff. I don't know if anyone else who's trying that because what most people are doing in the simulation business is they're thinking about okay, you take off an airplane and you point it in you know towards Albuquerque and you're at ten thousand feet right. and you're at two hundred knots and we have to have the fuel burn correct, right? right? That's basically what they're right. thinking about, yeah. you know? Exactly. They're not thinking, what if you're doing 300 miles an hour straight down and you pull back on the stick and right. kick the rudder over? What and, happens? You know, what yeah. happens? Or you go 45 degrees and you push the stick forward at 200 knots. Is right. it, it going to tumble or is it going to smash a guy's head against the canopy? Because right. sometimes you do this stuff too fast and it just carves through the air and gives you negative 10 Gs. Right. <laughs> and other times you push at the right moment and it breaks and you get like this negative 2 G tumble where it's right. gentle and... and and, you know, where does that break down? Why does that happen? It's so interesting to start digging into that stuff. I love it. That's amazing. So, And that, how did you uh, meet this guy? Or, or I just did a Google search for him, oh, I think. And, he's, yeah. you know, he's out there somewhere. He, he does, uh, uh, you know, data acquisition work right. with, uh, with test pilots and oh, things. Gotcha. And a uh, good okay. guy. In fact, uh, we had some issues with the unit. I was at, the, the, at Delano, California. I think you've been there maybe before mm-hmm. also um, doing some practice. And he was kind of to stop by. So we got to get some time together or put a picture on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I think he's a really good partner for us. I'm really excited to work with him. Good. Well, yeah. we're excited to see it. It comes out on Steam in the next few days. and uh, Yeah. Expecting it. Yeah. Uh, the actual release date was supposed to be the 22nd. What is today? today is yeah, you're asking the wrong guys I don't know when your that. podcast goes out. Maybe your podcast go out in October. But, but uh, yes, it was supposed to release the 22nd. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about how we're going to, you know, the right strategy for launching it. But it may be tomorrow even. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of the changes, the, the, the companies that have all kind of... It's been really interesting. You know, of course, uh, Real Flight has, was published by, has been published by Hobbyco right. from the beginning, 20 years. It's very interesting to watch. I mean, interesting is not the right word. I don't know what the right word is. <laughs> but know. it's very exciting, exhilarating yeah. Yeah. to watch um, them go through so many struggles and also heartbreaking uh, over the last couple of years. They really, uh, the people there, 
worked very, very hard. Ultimately, bankruptcy was the only option for them. Right. Uh, but very happy that Horizon picked them up. Horizon's a fabulous company. It produces a lot of great aircraft that I would love to see in the simulation. Uh, so it's it's just, I mean, there's there's no downside to this from you know from Nightfish's perspective. Horizon will take it and run with it. And right. uh, we're very excited about working with them. They seem very interested in working with us. We've had a, a lot of great meetings. And uh, really, no, as far as I'm aware of, no disruption. The product just went from one publisher to another. And probably from the consumer standpoint, there isn't really any difference, you know, from our standpoint, it's, it was, it was a little bit of a struggle through the last year, but um, for everyone else's standpoint, they buy the product and that's what they do. Now, do you see a real flight giving you access to like their UMX lines and all of the new product that they come out with? I I mean, I'm obviously hopeful that we'll get all their aircraft in there. I've learned from the, in the past that the really small aircraft are kind of a little weird to put in the sim. We're going to do all their aircraft that they'll let us do, which I think will be a lot. But, you know, you get the really, really tiny stuff, and it's it's kind of um, like we need indoor, more indoor spaces probably to really enjoy them, you know, right. which, which probably is one of the solutions for that. But um, I'm really excited about all of them. Um, I'm excited about, um, I want to say it's a Convergence, but I'm probably getting the name wrong. But what's the, the tri-motor um, lift uh, VTOL aircraft? You know what it is? Oh, yeah. Maybe somebody what, knows. Um, yeah. What I'll, is that? Well, I'll, I'll look it up right now. I should, oh, I should know, and you'll find out. And maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was the Convergence. But I think that's a neat one that Real Flight should do really well. I'd like to yeah. see that. And uh, they're helicopters also. You know, we're. I think you guys are mostly airplane guys. I was always more of an airplane guy, but they have great helis. I see your plane. <laughs> <laughs> got a little out. Yeah, you got one. Looking around Jay's got one or two yeah, that I, got I a couple around here. Yeah, but uh, uh, but that's a really exciting thing to have in there too, because right. um, the reality I think is when people go to the hobby store and they want to buy a simulator, they're going to get steered towards the one that has the products they're going to buy. Obviously, so it's I, I have to say honestly, because uh, I've had real flight since you know G three, I think G three upgraded. Yeah. Um, almost every airplane that I've owned, I've flown. Mm-hmm. On, on the simulator, mm-hmm. whether whether it was actually in the simulation software or I went out to uh, the swap pages yeah. and picked something up that somebody had done, yeah. and uh, and honestly, um, several years ago, our, our, we have a friend Jeff Bourbon. He's a he was a, a U.S. champion yeah. as well, <clears throat> and he has an extra three hundred or three thirty SC as yep. well, and it's got a very distinct paint job. I went in there and actually put it in the swap pages so you could download it, yeah. and I got. Uh, I got so excited about it. I used to own a Yak 55. I did the Yak 55 too. So both of those are in the swap pages that uh, you can go look at. Uh, and I think Rob Hollins is in there too. I think I may have done Oh, Rob's. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I think I did Rob's. Yeah. But yeah, I put the paint jobs in there, stuck them in there. And, and then I had them for a long time and they, uh, they had several hundred downloads, I think, but it was, it was pretty fun. And, um, and I really enjoyed it, but uh, I've always been a big advocate. Uh, matter of fact, I think Jay and I pretty much on all of our podcasts have always thrown Real Flight out there, mentioned Great, it once thank or twice. You. So appreciate that. It's a it's a fabulous program for anybody that's trying to get into it. We've uh, used it for many, many, many years, and have always been impressed with it. So we're looking forward to, you know, great things on the horizon with you and Horizon. I guess yeah. is a way to say. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> You've done this before. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And speaking of that, you know, is there, I mean, you know, I know you can't divulge stuff because of uh, proprietary things, but do do you see things on the horizon, great things coming our way? Is there new versions? Oh, we're always working on stuff. I tell us, I get asked this question a lot, and I just say the truth, which is we're always working on stuff. And uh, I don't talk about stuff until it's imminent. Sure. Uh, It's... um, it's just a policy that we've had for a long time. Maybe it's something we change someday, but for now, that's how we do it. Just right. don't talk about it. But um, I, part of the reason I don't talk about it is people might not tell me all their great ideas. They might think I'm not interested. Uh, if they, if I already tell them what I'm going to work on, like right. for a year later, they're like, well, I have no point in telling them what I think is cool. So I like to hear from everybody. That's why it's so nice just to chat with everybody and ask them what they want. And um, and a lot of things that people want, they're not very marketable, and I don't want to tell them it's not going to work. I just like to hear. You know, sometimes we find <laughs> Get room for out them of here. here. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> wasting my Speaking time. Of That's a you terrible guys idea. That's a horrible but, idea, um, kid. Get on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, but you know, I think the thing to think about right now to expect a lot is just new aircraft. Right, a lot of new aircraft. That's what I'm hoping to see. Well, we're hoping to see that too. I, I'm excited about uh, seeing some of the new Horizon products out there because Hobbyco had some really good stuff and. You know, but there was so much more out there, I think. Uh, you know, well, it's just um, Horizon has – one of the things I remember was um, when the UMX stuff came out, and I was really excited. But I think it was the Extra that came out first, the mm-hmm. Profile Extra. I can't remember. But I went and picked it up, and I bought it at the hobby store like anybody. You know, I was just really curious about it, and I wanted to play with it. And I opened up, and I looked at the circuit board, and I just thought, well, somebody really decided to make this and, and run with it. There's mm-hmm. no question this is like an investment right. and an idea, a concept they're going to continue to go with because it was not some cobbled-together circuit board. And uh, I really, I think from that moment on, I've really been watching Horizon as a company that just um, thinks ahead right. a lot better than their competition. It's one of the reasons they, that they won out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I never 
want to say anything bad about um, Hobbyco. I don't mean to contrast them or compare them at all, but here it is. That that um, that moment was when I just really looked and thought they're thinking about making products for the next ten years on this platform. They they invested the money and the time right now to do that. That's a big philosophy difference than maybe putting out one product and hoping it works really well and seeing what sticks, you know, and trying right. it again something later. They they had made an investment. They would have lost a lot of money if it hadn't panned out, but it sure did. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're glad you stopped by. Yeah. We are always uh, happy to have you here on the Park Fire Podcast and. Like I said, if it wasn't for you, we probably wouldn't be doing it. So we always uh, appreciate uh, your input. Well, and uh, it's it's uh, you can stop by the studios anytime. The studios, very nice studios. We have a, a white lab here. Like, <laughs> That's right. Mike and I were playing guitar earlier. I know you're trying we to wrap were. it up. No, no, we're, yeah. we played some guitar earlier. We even sang together. I wish we had that. We should uh, yeah, splice we, that in right now. Yes, oh we should. My gosh, we could edit okay. it right That'll in. The two of us sing. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was uh, it was awful. And, uh, yeah. Jim sings better than me, anyways. So oh, I'm good. Let I'm go sh- yes, that. I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, That's I guess. Funny. Okay. Well, Jay's probably heard me sing too. Yeah, so I get it. Woo. Well, you should close. Oh, yeah. Let's close this out now with a song. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> uh, I'd have to grab a guitar and sing a song for everybody to close us out. That's hilarious. Uh, we want to keep. We want to keep our listeners, Mike. <laughs> so we want to keep know. listeners. Yeah, we, we don't want to get. Yeah, exactly. No, I hear you. So. Well, man, we appreciate you coming in. I know uh, you got you're busy and and uh, you're traveling across the country here. You're actually headed uh, to Memphis, I believe. I'm going right? to Memphis for an air show, and then after that, this is like on the old Johnny Carson show when the the they come and sit down and talk to Johnny Flip. Be like, so what yeah. are you going to be doing next? He's like, yeah. oh, I've got Toledo, and I'm in Atlantic City, right. right? You know, I'll be in Memphis, and then following that, I'll be in uh, <laughs> Mississippi doing some stuff, air show stuff, and then uh, I think I'm off for a couple weeks before I have an air show Excellent. in. Um, Tacoma or something like that. I can't remember. And then I'll be in Washington for a while doing some shows, and then I'll be at the Nationals. Are you going to be at the Nationals? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, that's my... <laughs> give it a try. That's my schedule. Everybody else here, but we yeah. understand that. Yeah. So, But uh, if anybody's out there and they're in uh, Memphis or wherever I'm at, please yeah. come by and say hi. I'd love to say hi. Absolutely. Nice. We, uh, we love to watch you fly, and there's YouTube videos out there. It's always fun to be uh, around sure. Jim. So. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you guys. This is great. Yeah, it's awesome. We appreciate you Good having to see you, Jay. So. Yeah, same. Wow, that was uh, cool that uh, Jim stopped by. We really uh, appreciate him uh, coming by. Uh, we love to have uh, Jim around. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a funny guy, funny. and I- I'm glad that he came out. I mean, I'm super stoked yeah. that we were able to get somebody, you know, pretty, he, I mean, for such a, not a famous guy, but I mean. He's famous. Not, he's you can not, call him famous. You know, he is kind of famous. <laughs> and he's on our show. I so know, right? It's, it it's kind of cool. impressive, and he he's such a down to earth guy. So yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Well, he's uh he's all wrapped up with this uh, full scale stuff, and he's on his way to a um, um like he said, uh, an air show. I think he's got a full schedule going out to there, and he's got two or three air shows he's got to do, and then he's headed back out uh, to the house for the summer. I think, but great guy to be around. Uh, he's got a fantastic product. Uh, check it out. I know for a fact that the um, uh, you know they were kind of wondering about the release, but it is out. Uh, the new uh, software is out on Steam. Uh, so go ahead and go on Steam and uh, check it out and uh, download it and let us know what you think. Very cool. Yeah. Man. It's kind of nifty, especially when you're flying his airplane around. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I know I tested it when it first came out like a year ago. Over, over, yeah. oh, over. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. You were at, you were out at an airship doing that. That was right. a contest. Yeah. Uh, Borrego. Yeah. He had his crew out there. They were out mapping the place, which was an interesting deal. All, a whole different podcast on that, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see how they did everything, and you know, it was, it was amazing. He's a smart guy. Well, Jim, we appreciate him coming out, and uh, we appreciate uh, Spencer and Barry for letting us fly uh, their airplanes this uh, week, and uh, for Jim for getting out there and helping mow the grass and uh, at your field. And uh, hopefully, yep. and uh, we we got to hear from Mike, and yeah, probably next time we hear from him, he's probably been out. Scoping out some fields, scoping out some, it's going to sound kind of bad, scoping out some high school fields. <laughs> he did say that. That was pretty funny. Yes. Uh, he said that he uh, saw the field, but he was going to sco- go scope out some high schools and junior highs. And we told him that not <laughs> to drive yeah. a white van and take any candy with him. <laughs> yeah. That was not a good idea. So, uh, so yes, we will hear from Mike uh, on uh, two weeks from now so we can uh, kind of get a lay of the land and figure out what uh, what he's found out. He has been sending us photos of uh, his his um, his treks out to the field. So I think he's found one or two places to go fly. It looks like he's been having some fun. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, if you were uh, listening f- uh, to our podcast and you're interested in a topic or uh, if you just have any comments or concerns, uh, give us a, a jingle at uh, parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you or hit us up on our Facebook page at the Park Flyer Podcast. And, um, yeah, it was um, it was fun. Today was good. It's always a good day when you're flying. I know, right? Well, uh, I guess we'll see you in two weeks, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be summer. Summer is basically <sighs> here. This, this whole year has gone by so fast. I know. But we were just talking about the festival. I know. And now it's our, you know, half the year's gone. I know. And uh, Joe Nall got canceled, which is weird. So, But they're having it in yeah, the fall, too. Yeah, I heard about so that. Maybe that's something you guys can uh, try to figure out if you can go to Joe Nall. I can't imagine, um, you know, that all these places are getting weather and rain and you know, who would have thought? Joe Nall's been around forever and to cancel it this year. But, you know, like I said, they're putting it together in the fall. Maybe that'll give us, uh, you know, something to look forward to. Try it out. And I think That's uh, what this happens year when you too, put these Mike, things outside, Mike. I know. <laughs> I think Mike's going to try and go to a couple of different things this year. Now that he's down, yeah, now that he's down now, here. Now that he's down here in Texas, one of the things we're thinking about doing is um, uh, right up here, up the road. Well, actually, between Mike and myself, uh, I do believe. Oh, now I just forgot the guy's Test name. Flight. Um, Test flight. Test flight, guys. Yeah, test flight guys. They're they're having a festival right in between us, so we're, we're thinking about doing that later in the year. So yeah. that should be a lot of fun. Good, good, good. Well, we still gotta make a trip down there, and uh, since this trip up here gonna get checked up, but um, we'll uh, we'll figure it out and uh, go down there and visit the tough wing guys because they're just where you are. Oh, that's right. And uh, yeah, we'll try to make it a good year. Continue to make it a good year. We've had hard to believe it's coming up on six months already. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing we tripled the budget. <laughs> Well, it's a lot easier now that that uh, Mike's in Texas, see. So, <laughs> but it just That's got a lot true. smaller. This, the flights from Dallas are not as expensive as from Alaska. So, pretty funny. <laughs> but. Well, for those of us here in Arizona, we uh, wish you a great uh, flying week. And uh, from Mike here in Arizona, and Jay from the hills of Texas. See you in two weeks. See you guys. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review. And feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.